0: Welcome to Backseat Directing,
1: where we talk about movies, TV shows, comics, and more.
0: We're your hosts, Andrew, Aaron,
1: and, and Alex. <laughs> He's not a host? I, I, get... I didn't know he was going to host credit. We we post new episodes every Monday and Thursday. And on this episode, we're talking about character design. Three, two, one, Action.
0: So, I got a cat, and he's my best friend now, and uh, he's going to keep us company during g- this episode.
1: I got booted.
0: <laughs> he was, uh, actually made his debut in the True Grit episode as well, but he was sleeping the whole time, so we didn't uh, formally introduce him.
1: Yeah, that was the first Alex Easter egg, so yeah. if you watch that episode and you look closely, you'll notice <laughs> him. <laughs> All right, so
0: today we're having a conversation about character design, Um, kind of more of a chat with a little structure, which is fun, you know? We're just hanging out, talking here, Um, and we're going to be going over what makes a good character design, what are some examples, and whatnot. So Andrew, what do you got for us?
1: So I think a good character design is like that ultimate form of showing and not telling, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So... The character design will say something about their personality it'll say something about their backstory and it's the quickest way to tell us as an audience whether they're a hero or a villain what they've been through and i think that uh that is you know a strength for some artists and it's a weakness for others <laughs> thank you alex i wanted to get closer down here um but that is uh I think very important, right, aspect of any form of media, whether we So we're going over kind of movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, like the des- actual design of the character uh, is hugely important to keeping the audience interested and to telling us about who the character is.
0: Yeah. And I think a important aspect to that is like the silhouette, the color palette, uh, and the exaggeration of certain elements of the character to tell a story. That way like you were saying when you see the character you kind of have an understanding of where he's coming he or she is coming from uh, and you're showing these aspects and that these characters are recognizable just from the silhouette
1: yes that is true like that's uh, what makes an iconic character design uh, is also the unique factor yeah and like being able to recognize them from a distance from a silhouette and i think that is a big thing is a big thing for actors too um, you know like a perfect casting is part of that character's design in a sense right? the way that they look and that lends From to live their action stuff for sure yeah, yeah. That's, that lends to their success as an actor too is if they have a recognizable look you know in a way that's their part of their design
0: yeah it's always distracting when something that they're wearing or a tool that they're using or something just doesn't line up with like their character or the story you know like an example would be kind of going back to our true great episode if they're wearing these clothes that are like super clean when it's supposed to be a time period piece. Yeah. You know, like it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't line up. Like it, they should have a little bit of wear and tear, some holes, some dirt, you know.
1: And yeah, some movies do make that mistake. Um, True Grit definitely doesn't. But we talked about beforehand off camera too, like Pirates of the Caribbean is a great example of – uh, incredible costume and set design and makeup because their character designs show us that they live on a ship and that they don't have soap and that they don't have toothpaste. Like, yeah. it lends to the realism, authenticity, and their it, teeth yeah, are gross. It, it draws you in to where you're not thinking, like, oh, that actor's doing a good job playing a pirate. You're like, I'm watching a pirate. pirate
0: right. Yeah. I think uh, Pirates of the Caribbean does a fantastic job of kind of diving into the time period that it's in. You know, and then like with that too, a lot of their characters you can recognize them from yeah. their silhouettes as S- well.
1: Speaking of character design, actually, the first character I'll mention now is specific is Davy Jones mm-hmm. in the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. That's one of the best character designs and the special effects mixed with practical effects that they use for the uh, the tentacles on his face. Yeah. Like he's super recognizable and he's incredibly menacing, yeah. um, and like the voice work on top of it is such a perfect fit. But he's so well designed,
0: and it was. Groundbreaking as well when it first came out too, you know, which is another aspect that's uh, makes a good character yeah. design is that it's pushing the limits of creativity.
1: Oh, well, that's another aspect of the character design is like the active nature of their design. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's something that lends a lot to it. Like um, something that affects the way that they move through the world, whether it's like. Daredevil not being able to see, or Davy Jones having those tentacles. Like, there's an incredible scene in the second Pirates movie where their ship dives underwater and his tentacles reach up and hold his hat onto his head. And that's like an active element that, like, they considered the physics of the world to make it more real and for you to feel like a depth to the nature of the movie and the character. And Than it interacted with his actual body like so those
0: tentacles served a purpose yeah you know like just because it looks cool doesn't mean that it's perfect for that character
1: and they're constantly moving like vecna as well has a ton of prosthetics on him in stranger stranger things season four vecna has tons of prosthetics on him and practical effects but then they touch it up with special effects to give his body a constantly moving nature to the like monstrosity of like what would you call those tentacles on him as well yeah.
0: maybe uh, like i feel like that's the best way to balance it with live action stuff is giving the actors some sort of in-person reference to Absolutely. one how this material is going to act when they're moving, but then also kind of like what it looks like too and where it is in space. But then like you said, touching it up with some CGI to make it a little more dynamic than maybe it is in real life. You know, like superhero costumes are probably notorious for that, right? Like a lot of people say when, or a lot of like the stunt devils and stuff say when you're in like the, uh, let's say Black Panther suit, it's pretty stiff. Like you can't raise your arms overhead and all that stuff. And then they make it smoother in post, you know? I think stuff like that makes for good character designs.
1: Yeah, like the they played a kind of joke on it in the Dark Knight series when he says he couldn't, he wants to be able to turn his head when he backs out of the driveway, right? Because that suit is really stiff um, in most of its iterations. But I think that that active nature of the suit, of whatever costume they're wearing, and like you said, the physical nature adds so much to it. Not just for the actor themselves. To feel where it is in space but for the people that are reacting based off them because actors do an incredible job of playing with green screens and pretending things are there but i think there's a special nature to when there's like a practical element that they can respond to like on the set of jurassic park you know there's Mm -hmm. a a practical robotic dinosaur that they can play off of and react directly to it
0: what are some of the most Recognizable character designs, you think, like universally?
1: If I were to name the number one most recognizable character design, the first thing that I think of is Darth Vader.
0: Yeah, I was gonna go with like Yoda or something, you know, like (laughs) Star Wars in general did an excellent job of ironing out all their characters, making them all look different, and giving them purpose, and then as well as like the scenes. what would that be called? Uh, the set design? Yeah, set design. That's the word I was looking for. You know, to to interact with the character design. I feel like that's probably the most recognizable design ever.
1: Is It's so funny to watch because when I look at Darth Vader, I see some, someone who so easily could have been cheesy. And like all of Star Wars could have been. And it so easily could have been something that was like a goofy sci-fi movie that no one ever saw. But whatever special magic they captured in it, Darth Vader is absolutely iconic in his appearance, his chest plate, his mask, and like they, the, the cape. Like you talked about how you like capes, like the, these elements come together and the, the all black, like, you look at Darth Vader and you see a villain. You see like yeah. a robotic nature, unfeeling, cold, darkness villain.
0: Especially because c- he stands out too, yeah. because he's in scenes and with other people that are wearing all white.
1: Stormtroopers, yeah. You
0: know, um, but I, I think part of why his character is so recognizable and and powerful is the directing behind it. You know, like a, pretty sure I saw an interview somewhere where. Um, they were saying well why don't when you when vader first comes in why don't you have him say something you know it's like, no i'm gonna show that he's the most powerful you know by having him walk in having everyone kind Stop. of straighten up you know and yeah. like and having everyone else in the scene feel the power of this character that's walking through and then of course you got the cape flying behind <laughs> it, which shows movement yeah. and power as well
1: i think the strongest one it's not in all cases, but one of the strongest elements um, for a character like that with a lot of strength uh, is in what they don't say. Because I feel right. the same way towards Kratos, which is another character I have on my list to talk about for incredible character design. Because Kratos, he he doesn't waste energy saying things that aren't needed to be said mm-hmm. because he's this godlike figure. He... When he moves, it's with purpose. When he speaks, it's with purpose. And I feel like that na- that same nature is felt with Darth Vader. He's not does not have a necessary dialogue. But Kratos, his physical design is so incredible because it's tied to his backstory and his pain. Um, if anybody listening doesn't already know this about uh, Kratos, he's from the God of War video games, and he has a red tattoo across his whole face, head, and back. That is, uh, he he got because it matches a tattoo his brother Demos had, and he blames himself for the death of his brother, so he wears it as a mark uh, of like his failure and his memory to never let that happen again. And then the white like ash tone of his skin is like the ashes of his dead family that were cast upon him basically as a curse to for him to wear every day as a reminder of the death of his wife and daughter Calliope. So like he's constantly wearing the marks of his tortured past. And on top of that it just looks visually stunning like he's recognizable at a glance with his like ash white skin and the red the red mark mm-hmm. He he's such a phenomenal character with so much power behind him and i think probably the most tormented backstory in fiction um and telling that story just by looking at him um also like the contrast of the white and red like white kind of the symbol of um you know, if you have white versus black in Star Wars as the good versus the evil, Darth Vader in all black, and Jedi's wearing all white, then in Kratos you have the white of his skin rep- representing the good, the good nature of him, and the mark of red streaked across him rec- representing the evil nature, brutal nature to him, and there's that constant duality within that one character.
0: Yeah, a lot more goes into these characters than just like, oh, that looks cool. And part of that is the creativity that goes into these characters. And one that kind of pops to mind when I think of creativity is John Silver from Treasure Planet. He's the cyborg. Um, I just watched this movie last week after we were talking about our Disney Pixar rankings list. It's been Love a while. This movie. Yeah, it's been a while Love since it. I've seen it, so I wanted to rewatch it. I watched it with my sisters trying to educate them, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I got the new generation, right? <laughs> That's right. Um, but the whole time I was just thinking, wow, his arm is so cool. <laughs> how it's just like kind of flipping through different gadgets and stuff and when he's flipping you can see like let's say he's using a knife you can see that knife go back into his arm and then the other tool comes out and he's using it for all these different things it was super clean and crisp
1: that's a mix of the pain backstory we know he's lost an arm we know he's been through some trials and tribulations and the functional nature that we're talking about too because there's a functional aspect to that arm the whole way through
0: right and I also like how he's kind of like a bigger heavier set guy to where he's not just like
1: jacked and ripped you know like and he's moaning and groaning to to remind you of that constantly like he has right. difficulty getting up he has a peg leg as well yep so he's
0: basically his whole uh, right side of his body
1: he's been through a lot yeah very clearly yeah and i think Morph's morph has really entertaining design as well because morph is just kind of a gelatinous blob but he's like at the same time he's everything
0: yeah he can change into whatever that's something that i wanted to bring up i wanted to bring up What are some of your favorite, like, side, maybe pet characters to, like, these animated movies? Because with animation, you can get a lot more creative than maybe you could with, like, live action stuff. And maybe push the limits more so. um, And make it more believable. Uh, One that comes to my mind, other than Morph, is the, uh, I guess, like, little teapot from Robots. I forget his name. Let me look it up. But are, are there any other, like little side characters that come to mind when, yes. Yeah, what do you got?
1: I've always, I've always can talk. The So Appa is obviously the first one that comes to mind. He's my favorite side character. His design is so incredible. He's just so big and fluffy, but also contains so much power and strength as well. Um, I love Appa. And then Yakul is the other one that comes to mind. Yakul is a uh, kind of a steed, a pet. He has a deer-like appearance. He's from an anime, a Studio Ghibli anime movie called Princess Mononoke. And Yakul has like this elevated kind of appearance of a deer to where he's like um very enchanted in nature and 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 he's also like very seems very connected to like the earth and the world because that's what the plot of princess mononoke is about and i was instantly uh like infatuated with yakul's appearance when i saw him on screen he also just has a lot of tenderness to his personality as a as a pet as well so those are the two favorites that come to mind immediately uh, WonderBot
0: is who I was thinking of. WonderBot's of so great
1: because Wonder, yeah, and the, and the nature of his relationship with it from like his first invention, you know, yeah. is just so cute, touching. Yeah, I
0: like those little kind of machine sidekicks. Another one that kind of comes to mind is that like little Spider Tech uh, character from Spy Kids. You know, the, where he like lets him go and he goes crawls in another room, shoots a video, Spider, or yeah, comes back. You know, I like those kind of little characters that are just like, they're gadgets, but they're alive and they B- have a personality.
1: So BD-1, have you seen, you've seen BD-1. Cause mm-hmm. So BD-1 is my favorite droid of all time. And that's, I feel the same way as you're describing towards BD-1. He is like uh, such it's a good It's like great a multi-tool with yeah. a personality. You know. and, and they inject so much personality into these like electronics, like even um, the the what does he call it? this little spider bot in Spider Man? I don't remember what he calls it. Um, but Spider Man, yeah, in uh, in Homecoming, he has the oh, yeah, yeah, little yeah. chest plate comes out, mm-hmm. um, and even that like has a feels like it has an element of personality to it, because by by its appearance by nature.
0: Yeah, it's. I think those things connect to me a lot because. I I always wanted something like that, you know, like this little toy that would come to life and has like, serves a lot of different purposes, you know, has a lot of different tools and is creative and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, what what are some examples of some bad character designs? Like we talked about what makes good character designs, but there's definitely a lot of bad ones out there too, you know, is there any that come, come to mind
1: for you? So, it's all subjective and open to opinion, but my personal one of the things I don't like about character design is, uh, like a complete disregard for, I guess subtlety, I would say, or um, if you put too much into making the character try and look cool, which the first thing that comes to mind for me is Steppenwolf in the Justice League movie. I don't like the Joss Whedon version of Steppenwolf, and I don't like the Snyder Cut version. I think they're both just kind of covered in, like, spikes and horns and yeah, like if, if I'm 10, then spikes and horns and flames are, you know, great and make every like, oh, more spikes make you equals more menacing, but more doesn't always equal better. And I think that there's kind of a restrained approach to designing a villain like Thanos, um, where in a lot of ways he's clean and simple, but he's also not very human. Um, I think that uh, Steppenwolf is just that example of the, all right, yeah, now put a lightning bolt on him. That'll, like, yeah, like, I think it's it's simplistic, (laughs) but at the same time, it's too much. So what what do you think? To your own question.
0: Um, I would agree with that. I I think it's, like, when there's just too much going on. And I'm trying to find an example of this. Uh, This question kind of popped in my head as we were going. I didn't have one, like, written out. But also, too, like, when colors clash as well, you know, um, that can be distracting.
1: You know, um, I'm all for using bright colors, but there are certain things that by nature don't go together. Um, so I see what you're saying. Like if you have like a neon yellow, you know, it's not going to pair with everything. When you put that into your character design, you have to take into consideration what's right. going to look good with that color. Yeah, I'm I not. Agree. Yeah, I don't necessarily want my characters to be monotone. I want them to stand out. And that's a big thing in anime as well as like your main characters, you pick them out uh because they're going to have they're going to be a sea of people with black hair and they're going to be like the bright purple-haired character um which I think is like anime is always about going up to the 10th degree and, and dramaticism so I think that that's a good uh rule of thumb to follow like for your main characters is they should be striking and catch your catch your eye at a glance
0: right um so you you brought up anime what are some of your favorite anime designs uh
1: so a lot of them are going to be from Hunter x Hunter, which is my favorite anime. Um, like, just the their fantasy world that they, you know, uh, developed has so much vibrant color to it and so much uh, beautiful, like, over-the-top nature to the characters. I mean, Hisoka and Crollo uh, Lucifer, two of the villains, uh, I think are so incredibly well-designed. Killua is one of the main characters. He has, like, a new outfit, you know, in, in different arcs, and he always looks phenomenal. Uh, they they tell you a lot about the characters, what they're in anime, which is great. So Killua, he has white hair, which a lot of the times, uh, you know, it can mean different things, but I think in this case, uh, it just means that he's, you know, more cool cold calm like white the absence of color the absence of you know emptiness and in a lot of ways he starts out empty he's a trained young assassin as a child and he develops so much through his relationship with the main character going uh but they you can tell a lot about him at a first glance just his posture his clothing and hair color and like i said anime is great for that for uh, for showing you and not telling you uh, well, honestly, I should just say for showing you and telling you, because anime always will over-explain things, but Alucard's another great example. So Alucard is uh, from Helsing, and he is a vampire hunting vampire, and his name is actually Dracula spelled backwards, and his character design is super flashy. If you want to look him up real quick, he's wearing all red, which is cool and symbolic for a vampire hunter. What's his name? Alucard. It's Dracula spelled backwards. A-L-U-C-A-R-D. And... He has a super like flamboyant, flashy outfit. It's just a giant red hat, red robes. Um, he has a huge, long gun. And uh, he's probably one of my favorite design characters. And, and then Pain as well. Uh, the Pain arc in Naruto is my favorite arc of the whole Naruto Shippuden story. And Pain, like, there's so much in his eyes. So I'm talking about the Tendo Pain, the main uh, version of Pain that we see, not Nagato. But Payne has the Renegon, which is like these these purple eyes with concentric black circles in them. And it's the first time you ever see the Renegon in the show. And then he has like all kinds of piercings and uh, this like spiky orange hair. And like, it's it was just so striking to see those eyes. In anime, they're big around eyes. And I think that it's harder to do that, like... In live action and they do pull it off sometimes but the, there's so much behind the eyes right like the eyes hold so much of the emotion and truth and like our secrets and so i think that them focusing on that really tells you a lot about the character which you can see in their eyes like i'm trying to think of a live action i i really like Watchmen, dr manhattan his eyes are just blank you know and in a lot of ways metaphorically representing this his loss of emotionality and his loss of humanity because he has no eyes in a sense so there's nothing behind them it's glassed over and he's lost his touch with humanity so i think his eyes look really cool with just the blue blank slate Um, but i do think it's harder to do in uh, live action there's got to be good examples
0: yeah uh going into this episode we wrote down three of our kind of favorite or Uh, At least ones that we want to talk about for movies shows comics and video games. So kind of Going through them really quickly my movies I have Iron Man Jack Sparrow and Bumblebee and I feel like the Transformers kind of fall in the category of good design and bad design at the same time some of the Transformers are really recognizable and complex and then some of them just look like they have too much going on and it's hard to tell like where their face is what's what's what you know who's who sometimes when they're in their robot form but bumblebee um and uh wow why can't i think of the other one uh optimus prime you know are very recognizable they both have unique silhouettes bumblebee with the doors kind of coming out from his back and then bumblebee is my favorite yeah same and then iron man every piece on his suit serves a purpose it can move uh and then he's always upgrading which i think is really cool you know how it's each time we see iron man he's learning from his past mistakes
1: that's another part about character design is not only showing their backstory but showing their development right and that's a great example that you just explained right there yeah like
0: at first iron man is having his robot machines put it on him and then we see him kind of uh, put it on as he's like walking and we see the one where he puts on his chest and My pulls it too. out from the, boot, uh, from the briefcase and then eventually it can just fly to him and come on and then that took too long so he made a little watch that could turn into a blaster and then again that still wasn't enough so then he had nanotech where the suit is just kind of always on him to where he can go in and out of it and then he can move pieces of the suit to different parts of him to Uh, make different weapons or uh, use defensive mechanisms as well.
1: Yeah, we see him continually learning through that aspect, too. If if you watch throughout the whole MCU, there will be areas where the suit fails. And then the next time you see it in the next movie, that suit is now exceptionally more advanced where it will repair that mistake. Like we see him doing the first movie with the icing in the atmosphere. He does that throughout, you know, like issues with water in Iron Man 3 to being able to dive into the water in Homecoming, like... The, the suits develop as he develops. He's a brilliant man, so it's what you would expect. It's we're, attention to detail.
0: We're going to move on to TV shows, but before we do, what were the three notable mentions for your movies?
1: Doctor Manhattan, which I mentioned, Darth Vader, which we mentioned, and V from V for Vendetta. Nice.
0: And what are your TV shows?
1: Homelander, uh, Hisoka from Hunter Hunter, and Daredevil, the black suit. I think the black suit so simplistic. It's monochromatic. It has a thin line of red um across the body but what i really am interested in is the mask because the mask is so simple but does so much it would i feel like it strikes fear um it's based on the frank miller depiction of the man without fear and it is somebody coming at you with their eyes completely covered Mm -hmm. and you you just don't know Who or what is under there you don't know it's like I said about the eyes the eyes tell us so much about person You don't know what's behind his eyes because you can't see anything.
0: Yeah For TV shows. I I picked more of shows rather than individual characters. I have arcane stellar uh, Character design in that show each character is unique. They have different weapons and stuff or different gadgets that they use You got jinx with her little time bomb things you got Vi with the the gauntlets on her hands, you know and then another show with fantastic character design is avatar the last airbender um they, nice, yeah they their their mm-hmm. looks go directly with their personalities but then also their tribes
1: traditions the culture is tied in right and they, they based it off individual cultures which is phenomenal And then comics. um, Before you go into comics, I wanted to say really quickly that um, I really like Vi's hair. Not Vi's hair. Jinx's hair. And I think it goes in with the same thing you say about capes to show movement. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So comics. The top three comics are going to be Green Canary from Deceased. She looks so cool. It's a mix of two heroes, basically. Green Mm -hmm. Lantern and uh, Black Canary. Conquest from Invincible. Oh, my God. He looks so
0: so badass you know so strong and Uh, fierce
1: like his age mixed with the classic Viltrumite mustache like there's just so much weariness to him like he must be thousands of thousands of years old lived through so much had his hand chewed off yeah and And you see Omni-Man
0: who is like a wrecking machine and then this guy older beat up but twice the size even though
1: he's damaged and omni-man's not it makes him seem more menacing and threatening than omni-man because it's like wow what must this guy have survived right because he's got a big scar across his face through his eye also right Uh, and then my third comic book choice is mr knight uh which is from a jeff lemire moon knight comic we all saw him in moon knight the suited up moon knight yeah. he looks so good yeah. so clean one color all the way through and he, he looks when so they good like the switch
0: back and forth even in the show like between the two suits ah oh, so cool yeah. i love the moon knight suit that's a good one i didn't write that one down but that one's good i actually have three of basically the same characters but how they are all different in their own way i have superman omni-man and uh homelander
1: and how really they all back.
0: have like the same powers they're all recognizable in their own way which i think is really cool how they took this one character which superman i guess you could say is like kind of the original of this type of character and they took that and made it into their own you got Man, who has the the o on his chest you know he got the red maybe symbolizing that he's more of a villain got the cape love the cape um
1: yeah, i think the o is obviously a callback to that circle symbol that the viltrumites wear mm-hmm. it's kind of similar just the o has three lines in it yeah and then
0: uh, right it's got two meanings you know like kind of like the s of superman meaning hope yeah yeah it's, but it also represents superman yeah <laughs> you know so like they took that and implemented it into this world and then with homelander making him all patriotic and then it goes with his name, you know. Like, I just thought it was cool how they took those three characters, basically the same character, but made them their own.
1: Uh, I thought that was cool. Yeah, they're also they're all kind of iterations of red, white, and blue. Um, even though Omni Man doesn't use blue, but the the idea of Homelander to me is so interesting. Really capitalizing on the American ideal, making his you know cape an actual flag. Um, yeah, I I love the Eagles that he wears on his shoulders yeah, so uh, cool. and the, the chain that he has across in the comics. He, he looks phenomenal. In I the even comics. like
0: the little flap that he has just kind of opened up. Yeah. It, it kind of makes it seem like, Oh, I'm not scared of anything. I'm yeah. always relaxed. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the impression that it gives me is like, Ooh, he's scary, you know, like, cause he's just so comfortable and chill in the place that he's at. Yeah, they he always He's untouchable.
1: They all are embodiments of strength too, in terms of just their size. Yeah, and they th- that is that's a great choice to pick. Through. And and they
0: didn't they didn't like overcomplicate things, you know. Like the characters themselves are what is strong, so they just give them a skin tight uniform. Yeah, you know, which is cool. Not a lot of superheroes can kind of pull that off. Like mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense for Batman to have that kind of suit as much so as them, you know, because Batman isn't invulnerable to things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, I thought that was a cool. Uh, our last category, video games.
1: Who do you got? Kratos is my number one. Yeah, I, We talked about he's already why. Guy. Yeah, I think he's the best looking video game character there is. And maybe I'm biased because I'm playing ragnarok right, right now, now which are my favorite is my favorite things are always what i'm currently right writing. yeah um may and cody from it takes two and if i had to pick one i would pick cody um because that's who i played as but it takes two is this really really cool video game um that i think is really best played by couples me and my fiance played it and it's like a two player game that forces you to like to work together and it's about uh this couple that gets shrunken down into little puppet versions of themselves. Talk about the creativity you were talking about earlier in terms of character design. This is like the most creative game I've ever seen or played. And they're shrunken down and they have to like interact with the environment. Now that they're these little puppets, they get special abilities throughout and they're, they're like little voodoo dolls. Like the character design is so neat. They have like a little leaf attached to them for hair, and like they have this little yarn appearance for their clothing. It is so creative. And my third pick is Joker from the Arkham games, which really needs no explanation. He is uh, vibrant with colors, and he has the uh, that scrawny, skinny appearance to his frame. is He's very scary and menacing. Yeah. So for video games, I haven't played that many video
0: games um so i kind of only had two that i wanted to talk about i have sly cooper and jin sakai Uh, sly cooper is from the game sly cooper he's this raccoon who is a thief but more of a robin hood type thief he only steals from criminals um and i just love like he's he's got like a mask over his eyes and it's like an actual mask rather than just like the raccoon like uh, colors uh, and then he's got his cane which is a really cool weapon that he uses to not only uh for defense and attack but he also uses it to help him climb around and i really like characters that are very acrobatic you know like yeah. i guess another one i could put on video games is like spiderman yeah. you know and just that's like easy, the, yeah just like one. the movement that you feel when you're playing as Spider-Man or playing as Sly cooper it, you feel like you can just go anywhere um, and I like how he can climb all over the place, but then he also uses it's like, his tools, like, has multiple purposes. He uses it to also, like, pit pocket some people and, like, grab different coins and stuff out of other people's pockets and stuff, and I just like how slick he is. Um, and then Jin Sakai uh, is a samurai warrior, and um, you get to, like, in video games, typically, you get to kind of or at least in this one, kind of customize your outfit, you know, so I would always pick the ones that look nice and sleek, you know, and it's like all black, he's got a cape on the back, you know, he's got his, uh, he's got his one samurai sword, he's got a knife, Um, I love the the hair in a bun with the uh, headband, and then... It's a clean look. Yeah, and then his his hair is like messy at the same time, you know, like they spent time to make details of like that, where it's realistic, you know, like he's... He's out in the hot, uh, sweating, fighting, uh, riding his horse across the country, you know, and it looks like he's tough and mudded up, and then they have a bunch of different cool masks that
1: you can put on and wear and stuff. Um, um, those masks are really cool. They Jim, make them in real life, too, if you've ever yeah. seen them. I'm sure they're expensive. I know. when. So
0: when I first started playing this Maybe game, I had I, I had long hair, so I'd put my hair in a bun, I'd put a headband on, you know, and I'd play as Jin Sakai <laughs> so, really get into the character that's right that was the only time I could I, I was good at it was when I embodied the character yeah. you know um, but yeah that, that kind of wraps up our character design episode Andrew do you have any closing thoughts for us I just wanna, the audience
1: I just want to say thanks so much for listening if you made it this far we'd really appreciate it as always if you went to any of other platforms what we're asking for uh today's if you have a minute please go to our spotify and give us a five star rating helps us out a ton helps push us to other platforms so that we can grow the podcast and thank you so much again
0: yeah thanks for listening and that's you. a wrap